Thank you for tuning in to the Her Royal Roots podcast station. We are currently in a series titled, A Wise Woman Builds Her House. Lessons are taught by Holda Dawid, or a special guest bringing insight to the Hebraic understanding of what it means to be a wife, mother, or a woman in a Hebraic community. All of the insight we give is through a scriptural, cultural, or bio-agricultural understanding of the times in which the scriptures were written. By listening, you will be tuning into a live recording of the session. We are so thankful that you chose to join us. We hope that you are blessed. Shalom. Royalty. Royalty. Powers of the chosen people. Bible in my hand, word inside my heart, and pain before my eyes. Broken people wanting to believe in something, looking for a light, trying to find the truth. So last week we dealt with pretty much laying the foundation. So male, so you got to at Shabbat briefly. Um, so we dealt with male, female what they were, why they were designed, creation. We read through Genesis 1 and 2, and so everybody did, so everybody had an overview and a background, and we pulled out all the parts that were different and the same. What happened, you don't got the right outline? No, how about that her outline? Do you have more? That's interesting. That's her hand, this is her hand. Yeah. Hilarious, yes. She's very organized. Do you even have one, is the question. We watched her do it. That's why we gave her a paper. I started giving her a paper that she was writing on a color book. <laughs> she will write on anything. I used to watch her when she would uh, study when she was in college. Okay, no, I have yours and I have mine. Oh, good, good, good. No, see, I'm going to show you. Like, she's very bright for me. And I am all over the place when I write. <laughs> so she's real organized. And I'm organized chaos. But I write. We just remember different. Write she writes slanted and sideways, yeah. just however it gets on there. So um, the words last week that we went over were um, male and female. So Nakeba and uh, Zakar. And then um, so he formed and he fashioned or he built and he formed or made. And so we had Yatsar and Bana. And we went over what the male was. Salem, so this week. And huh? Salem and Demo. Oh, in his likeness and image. Image, image and likeness. So we covered all those things last week. So today, we're going to zone in. So we started off broad. And now we're going to come on in into our focus. Because the whole focus of the whole grouping is a wise woman builds her house. And so face-to-face. Face-to-face, yes. And so now we're going to get to the woman. We're zoning in. So we covered the man, so we have a concrete and a whole idea of exactly what's happening. And so as we work through, we're not, we're not being biased because that's not, that's not what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to start nothing new, do nothing different. We're just trying to bring out the things that have not been brought out. Okay, so the verse that we're start that we're gonna use today as our um, as our focal point 
is and Yahuwah Elohim, and it's right at the top of your paper, um, built that which he had taken from the side of the man into a woman and brought her unto the man. So we went through all that last week. What the whole bringing was, how that happened, his little song he sang, and why he sang it. So we went through that. And so the thing we're going to focus on is the part where it says, and Yahuwah Elohim built that which he had taken from the side of the man. So that word built is banah. Okay, and so, um, and I'm just going to read through the top part because that's why it's there. It says, one of the most discomforting things about being a woman of faith is not understanding who and what we are. For years and years, and this is me writing this, I wrote, uh, I have wondered, why did Yah make me a woman? Because I'm telling you, sometimes. <laughs> not saying I have a gender identity crisis or anything, but there are parts of me that I just didn't understand why they were there, why I acted a certain way. We kind of went over some of those things where we dealt with the ego, and then we'll deal with that more when we get to the fall. Um, but I'm like, why am I a woman? Because I got, sometimes I got some what I would consider male tendencies. Like, just attitude, ego, kind of rough around the edges. Like, it was just like, okay, this is interesting. And so I said, society has made the woman and her counterpart view, and so by counterpart I mean the man, view her differences as negative. So Western thinking always wants you to, whenever something's different, it's negative. And we face it a lot in our country. If it's not like me, then it's wrong. Not that it's unique in its own way, but it's wrong because it doesn't relate to me and how I want it to relate to me. And so we hate everything about our makeup as women. We hate the womb because we complain about cramps and it hurts and baby. I mean, everything is just like a drag. It's just like, oh, why do I have to be this? Why do I have to feel this? Why do I have to go through this? Because it's looked at as negative. Pregnancy, especially probably during your generation, you covered up. You didn't wear tight-fitting clothes when you were pregnant. You like Now people are more embracing the whole body thing, but that's a little weird. Showing your belly or even wearing something tight around it. Clothes are more fitting. Back then it was like, you didn't show that because you was fast. Even if you was married and you was pregnant, you fast. It's like... How? How am, I, how am I not supposed to be pregnant? I'm not supposed to tell I'm pregnant. Right, right. As, where they're fighting for breast public. Right. So you, everything, it's like everything is either sexualized or demonized. My breasts are now only a sexual object. They're not for food. And when they're used for food, I'm supposed to cover it up. And most people who have never had a baby, right, most people who have never had a baby don't, don't know how hard it is, especially once they get older, because you're probably experiencing this now, when they start moving and they don't want the blanket over their face, and you're like, this is for y'all. I'm covering up this baby, because I don't have no problem with y'all seeing this. Or because you're not, you're not even seeing anything. Like the baby's head is covering it. Like, but it's because every it makes you hate everything. So it's like, gosh, I'm, I'm now I'm always doing this because I'm worrying about what the counterpart has sexualized about me and not what is naturally created for. So we hate our subcutaneous fat. We hate that we got fat on top and on the bottom. But that's part of who we are. It's for a reason. Um, we hate our cycles, I mentioned that. And ultimately, everything that makes us woman, we despise. So we're always fighting, like scripture says we would, for this, like, we want to be like the man. We don't want to be us, we want to be like him. And so, um, and the sad thing is that we are not alone. Our men are conditioned to amplify and degrade us for the very same reasons. I don't think that it's on purpose, but it's been done with purpose. When the meaning of a thing and the culture of a people is stripped away, we are left grasping for straws and defining things by someone else's 
or someone else, foreign to our nature, and it spins us into self-hate and confusion. For balance sake, I will deviate slightly from the normal. So um, we're not going to deal with like English and Greek definitions or anything like that. We're going to deal with only the Hebrew. So um, I have a language chart. If you have the book, then the language chart is in the, in the book or the, the companion guide if you want to go back and look over this. Um, so when Yah created man and woman, he created them equal. So we dealt with that last week. Equal opposites. So neither one of them is lacking in any capacity. And they are equal. Men in the Western culture hate that. They say, we're not equal because when somebody comes in the house and I have to die, it's not equal. Um, yeah, it is. Because when I have to bring forth your children and almost die, that makes it equal. <laughs> you see how it is? Both of us at some point in time are laying down our life for the other person. It's not just one way. <laughs> right. And more often than not, that the chances of a man actually having to die for his family are very less likely than the chance every time a woman gives birth, she runs the chance of dying. Carly. Um, you run the chance of dying. It just ha- They said that's the closest you'll get to death and live to tell about it. And so it, <laughs> she's like, and how? <laughs> right, it's the closest you'll get. So you're giving of yourself. And the crazy thing is you do it, you can do it over and over and over and over again. And it's an expectation for some people. Right, and the change. <laughs> you're back and how you know, your body's not the same. You sacrifice everything about yourself. For, for that and, and it's and it's I'm giving first I'm giving with the expectation that when it's your turn to do what you're supposed to do you're gonna do it yeah. I'm trusting because you could potentially not do your part not and done all this and then you know what I mean so uh, so it's equal we both have something that we're giving we give of ourselves wholly not partially but wholly and um, different purposes but still equal the reason being is Yah split his essence, like we dealt with last week, which in our finite world, we refer to as feminine and masculine. So those are just terms. Those are how we define these things because it's male and female, feminine and masculine. So when you study words and the Hebrew language, you'll find that all things have significance. When Yah created man and woman, he did two different yet complementary things. He built woman and he formed man. So we went over this last week. There are two different English words here, and there are also two different English, I mean, uh, Hebrew words. The word built in the Hebrew is bana, and the word formed in the Hebrew is the word yatsar. Today we're dealing with a woman, so um, we want to deal with how our language, which is the concrete language, shows the purpose and the role, if you will, of the woman. So for balance, we already dealt with the other portion of it, okay? So the word banah, so this will be, I think, on your second page because it has like a little Hebrew pictogram. No, first now. First page, okay. It's still on there? Okay. The word banah is spelled bet, noon, hey. So if you have that chart, or if you don't, if you have, even if you have a bulletin, it's pretty much the same. But if you have the chart, mom, read off what the... The, each one. So bet is bet is house and family and womb. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. Yep. And then noon is sea, fish, activity. It says 
continue air some manifest sperm. Okay. So, and then hay is a window, the look, reveal, breathe, or breath sign. Okay, so I, what I'm, what in, what I put, what I put in the actual um, companion guide to uh, Humble Bass Presence is a more expanded, because what we have is a, con, a concise version, because we run through it, but those things, you can see how they mean those other things. And I'm going to show you, even with this, how it means those other things without it's not abstract it's still concrete okay so the letter bet which is the first letter of bana mm -hmm. it looks like this so you have it on your paper it looks like this right mm -hmm. so the numerical value for the letter because remember every letter has a number oh, yeah. the numerical value is what two two aleph one bet two. two um and so meaning house how does it mean house Wow. So if you were to see a nomadic tent, this is what, from an aerial view, this is what the floor plan would look like. Okay? So everything in Hebrew, once again, the Hebrew people did things functionally, not aesthetically, not abstract, like, abstract right? Sometimes the doors on houses don't make sense. Like, well, you got a door in the kitchen. It kind of makes sense, I guess, if you want to come in through the side. But then you have a door in the front. Right? And then you have a back door. You know, but they were like, no, 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 no. Too many entrances. How, how am I going to guard all these entrances? I want one. So, a nomadic tent, if it was laying like this, this would be the front door. And so, what happens is, the man, all day, um, outside of when he was working, but if anyone was in the house, he was right here. And what happened is, he watched. He watches people came by, so he know he knew who came into the city. He knew who left the city. Right. He know who walked by his house. Mm -hmm. He knew what their name is. You said, "Hey, you asked their name. Where you heading? If they were sojourning, Hebrews had hospitality. Mm -hmm. So then you turn in, come in. You know what I mean? So then I'm inviting you into this house. Guess what? It's only one way in and one way out. You do something in this house, I'll kill you. <laughs> you got to pat right. You have to come through the person at the door. So when Yeshua is making these references, he's talking about the same thing. I'm the door. You're not getting into the house, but through. You can't come in this door unless you come through me first. I'm sitting at the door, right? So the, sa the same thing is true. The, so how the house is, the women and children were right here. They were in the heart of the home because... The father would have to first die before somebody would make it in here. Mm -hmm. Now, if they was in the front of the house, then they would kill them, and then the father would come and he'd fight, but then he'd be about near one to die because then they'd been killed first. So he was here, okay? So it's the picture of a house. Second one on here is in, so same thing. It's coming in. Womb, okay? So same thing with the womb. There's only one entrance, and you go from the entrance of the womb into the uterus. And then whatever comes in the uterus has to come right back out the entrance. Okay? Same thing. <laughs> you are out of here. Some of the things you just said. Say. <laughs> right? Um, okay, so we have the womb. It is true. <laughs> Wrong moment for that. So as a woman then... In the ancient culture, the father guarded the womb. He was responsible for making sure nobody came in before it was time. Same thing with the husband. You guard the womb. 
right? And then you guard the woman who's carrying the child while she's carrying the child because you know what's happening in the womb. You know better than anybody. Nobody else is going to know probably for five months. But you know, so you're going to be, hey, watch your step. Hey, and everybody's like, what is he tripping on? There's something in there. Some, something's in there, <laughs> right? So you're guarding the one that houses it too. You can't oh, only want... Why she the oldest one being in that line? You can't not want to guard the person that's housing the seed. You can't just care about what's in there because if you don't care about the person that's housing it, then... The baby Right. Okay, um, duality. So we know it means two. And it also has two different things going on, two different spaces. And it represents the man's job in, in, ref, in uh, respect to her. And it also has her job, the stuff that happens in here, the protected area. Okay, and then um, procreation. So we dealt with that, how that happens. And then oneness, because although there are two separate functions going on, here it's still one house okay so that's how so i didn't i didn't make any of that all any of those definitions up they all fit within the pictograph okay okay so this we dealt with the floor plan um re reproduction of life cycle humanity um right side is the place where the seed is housed the left side represents the place where the seed enters in um one side open one side closed off so um Next page. So this is also a picture of the tabernacle and the Holy of Holies. So how the tabernacle is set up is you have layers to it. And literally, and this is going to probably trip you guys out, and I will give credit where credit is due because Lewis Elders was the first person that showed me this. Um, the, holy, the, the tabernacle is set up like a body. Okay, and it's actually set up like a female body. You wanna close it? Yeah, uh, it's set up like a female body. And I know this might seem strange because we always see the tabernacle as the body of Messiah. But in the Brick Kaddishar, the New Testament, we learned the body of Messiah is his called out assembly, which is always called in English term, the bride, or, uh, and it's, um, they, there's two words, Bethula and then uh, I can't remember the other word but it's the bride so it's in, it's in the feminine so I'm going to show you how it's a woman then so the outside is the outside you have an entrance you have the entrance um, you have the place where sacrifice happens right and so inside of the tabernacle and this I mean it's Hebrews concrete, there's always a cycle of blood inside of the tabernacle. There's sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. There's always bleeding happening in the, in the temple. It's, it's happening, it's a, and it's a cleansing process. And so that happens inside the temple, right? And so you, now you can kind of, you, you know, it, it's true though. So it, there's a washing by the blood. You see that, that whole picture? That is, you can see that picture in the body. And so the body, though, is sacrificing for those, for the rest of the family to bring forth, what, purity and life and other things, right? Mm -hmm. um, sacrifice is taken to multiply the blessing of the family. Only a priest, a qualified one, mind you, was allowed into the Holy of Holies. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the woman's body. Only a qualified 
person, a worthy person, a priest who's going to lead the home, who's going to righteously lead the family, should be offering seed or sacrifice or offering anything on the altar in the Holy of Holies. Okay. Um, and the womb is veiled. Now, if you're a woman, you know this, that the womb or the, the opening to the womb, it opens only once a month. And then it stays closed the rest of the time. It only opens during the time of either conception and then it opens again. Well, actually, I should say twice, but not really the second time, but mainly one time. When ovulation happens, it opens to receive the sacrifice or to receive the seed. The offering. The offering. And then it closes to see if... To protect it. To protect it. And if something doesn't happen, then you get the blood. Right? Okay, so the womb is veiled. And what's happening inside is very intimate. That, what happens in the Holy of Holies, what happens in the womb, is between the woman and Yah. Once the man gives his sacrifice, <laughs> the rest of it is up to Yah. Right, right. Okay, so I'm going to give you a verse. Psalm 139.13. Indeed, you created my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. Yah does that part. That's his business. Mommy, I'm going to go outside. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for announcing it. Like, I'm going to go outside. Okay, so I know that's a lot, but there has to be foundation, whatever. There has to be laid before we can move forward. So we get that, right? So what separates the Hebrew language from every other language on the planet is that each letter has a meaning that never changes. These meanings define the word as a whole, when each letter is strung together in an order. So that term bet nun he or bana translates 340 times as build or build I mean 14 times build up 10 times builder um wait yeah 10 times builder 3 times made um 3 8 8,735 times build it, built again, twice repair, um, twice set up, um, once as have children, once as obtain children. Actually, let me go back. Built again is twice, not 8,735 8, times. So what does that mean? That's the he actual uh, number, the no, Strong's number. Strong number. Uh-huh. And then um, surely for emphasis, once. To build, rebuild, establish, cost to continue, to build, rebuild, to build a house, to establish a family. So you get your concrete whole life with all these words. So if this is in reference to the woman, then you can now see what her job, her job description is from this word. Okay, so when Yah created woman, and by woman I mean... at um, she has not yet been called Eve or Chawa. He created her with a purpose that would be perpetual. So um, it means to, it's going to keep happening. So like when Yah created lemons, lemons just kept, kept producing lemons. They don't stop producing lemons. When Yah made apples, now there's variety of apples, like just a variety of women, but the apples are the same thing. They're always an apple. Birds are still birds. Fish are still fish. When he created woman, her function stayed the same. Fall, no fall. Fall only introduced an element that we'll get to when we get there that changes how she receives her function. 
mm. or how she deals, how she carries herself in her function, mm. but it does not change her function. Mm. Okay. So, um, all things that are carried out at creation were meant to duplicate themselves the same way after their own kind forever. What is unique about the human and more especially the woman is that she was created to do something much more than just reproduce. Much more. So the title, now you see it, Purpose on Purpose. <laughs> okay? Animals and the vegetation do that. They just reproduce. And they don't have literally the breath of Yah and his likeness and his image in them. So I have to be a little bit more important than just a dog or a lemon or some broccoli. <laughs> right. You're higher than that. You're not behemoth. You're not lifeless. You have the breath in you. Okay. So, um, so the word used for the building of the woman was unique to her. The word means that she was created to house the seed and to give birth to life. This is not just the seed of man, children, but also the spiritual seed. Because when she, uh, let's be word precision, when she contributed and assisted in the fall, she took a seed. She took a seed we know from the Brikasha New Testament. Yeshua says, Seed is the word of Yah, right? Mm -hmm. So likewise, if seed is word, mm -hmm. then Satan has word and seed also. So she took word, mm -hmm. multiplied it, mm -hmm. and then gave it to her husband. Mm -hmm. She didn't do what was outside of her function. Mm -hmm. She Remember, everything that happened in the fall, they, everything was done within their function. Satan knew their function. He watched it. He watched it. So he was like, okay, how can I get her to do exactly what she's supposed to do? Because it won't feel weird. Right. So how can I get her to take a seed, multiply it, and then give it to him as food? Right? So that's what she does. So, um, so she can take spiritual seed too. She, can't, she doesn't only take physical seed. Okay? Um, she is where dreams and purpose are deposited. So a man often, when he has a good wife, he's this is what I want to do. And like we said, now we know that's not your only function. But a woman, once she gets something, you we can't help it. That's why we have friends, and we got friends who ain't worth two wooden nickels rubbed together. But if a person comes to you and they tell you something, I'm like, okay, how can we fix that? I'm not gonna say, oh, that's nice. I'll be asking my husband, like, so what are you gonna do about that, your friend? He's grown man. You know, <laughs> women are not like that. We'd be like, all right, we'll have to do this, 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 this. It's just different. Um, it is her job to take what the man gives her and multiply it and yield it back to him ten, a hundred, and a thousand fold. Mm -hmm. You'll see that when we look at the Proverbs 31 woman after this. And she is not it's just not a place cool. to create, but she also serves Carly. as the mediator between now this is this is the interesting part come between in. the desire of the man and the product of that desire come in come in oh it's locked go get the door carly somebody everybody gonna do a whole lot this door but she ain't in and out. Oh, hello. <laughs> We're like, Carly, this door. She's walking this way. 
Hello, hello. Um, <laughs> you have another? You have another chair, mom? Here, it's right here. Oh, okay. There's, and then the thing is right there. Okay, so she is not just a place. Oh, let me get her this before we keep going. I'm about to repeat it. Okay. Okay. We are. Okay. We're like right here. So we're doing when Yah created the woman, he created her with a purpose that would be perpetual. Okay. So we dealt with the part of it is only through her that man can bring forth. Oh, wait. Back up a little bit. It is her job to take what man gives her and multiply it. That's what we talked about. Okay. She is not just a place to create, but she also serves as the mediator between the desire of the man and the product of that desire. Okay. So maybe I'll bring it concrete and then I'll go a little bit, not abstract, but I'll just take it a little bit higher. So the desire of a man is to have a family. Okay. So she's the mediator between what he wants and what he can have. It's manifested literally through her. Um, I'm going to give you um, uh, the word for machine in Hebrew is the same word for woman. In, mo in modern Hebrew, I should say. Uh, it sounds weird, right? But a machine drives, has purpose, it produces. So those things are the same. So remember when you were in, and I know this might be a stretch, but and, and and right, you got when you were in elementary school and you used to have those little um, those little factor machines and you would put like a number in, and then you'd have to like you could and then you show you're supposed to show what comes out on the other side, and it was like a little okay same thing with the woman, if I put in a. Let's see. Right. Then I'm going to get out. The product. Right. The product of it. So if the man's desire is a family, mm -hmm. then he has to give her something. And then she takes that. And then I'm going to give you what you, what you want. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, it often exceeds. They might get twins, triplets. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it depends on how y'all choose to bless. But you give it to me, I give it back. Okay. Um, I, I, a lot of us have come out of church, so we've witnessed this a lot of times. Um, when a man has a, a good wife, helps him build. If he is a pastor, then um, I have. There's a guy. His name is R. A. He wanted to just have pastors get together and study the scriptures. So, but what his wife did was turn it into a whole conference, and then it became the biggest thing in the United States because she was like, "What you want to do." That's cool. But what it could be, mm -hmm. let me show you. Mm -hmm. And so a woman has to have the respect, the value, and also the liberty to do that. You have to trust that, okay, when you say you want to do something, now you can't babysit me on it because you can't do it like I can. I can't even verbalize to you how I'm going to make this happen. Like, just like a woman can't tell, like, if I, when we were trying to have Jay, because we tried for that one, um, I wasn't, hey, I wasn't going to be like, okay, now after you give, you, you give the product, now I got to lay here on my hips up. I'm not going to explain all this to you. I'm not even going to tell you, hey, you know what I'm ovulating. Like, no, just know now that we know that we're trying to do this, I'm going to do 
my whole part to make it happen. I'm going to make sure my body is healthy. I'm going to make sure I don't have anything that's going to change up the process. I'm going to do all these things. So I am the mediator between the desire and the product. And I'm going to do all I can do to make it work. Okay, so um, it, is not, it is only through her that man can bring forth life, so noon, seed, right, that he, car- that he carries inside of his loins. Man cannot have babies without women. I've heard men say, we can do it all by ourselves. Let me see it. Let me see it. Let me see you carry all that and do it all all by yourself. It doesn't work. Yeah, I set it up like that, too, because if it was like that, just like women can't have babies without men. It wouldn't be oneness. Right. You have to come together. Okay? Um, she does not just stop at the birth of the child, but she is also supposed to take the children and raise them righteously, mm-hmm. planting the seed of the word in their hearts and nurturing it so that when they are finally of age to be presented back to the father, you start to see this, and the community, they raise up and call her blessed. The children have stages. They first came from the father's lungs, then they belong to the mother for a period of time, but then they're supposed to be able to be presented back to the father. Like the, the mediator between what you wanted and what you get. So if the mediator or the, the place where the operation takes place is faulty, then guess what comes out? A faulty product. So if I put in a righteous seed, like a good father put in a righteous seed, got kind of skewed with the mom, guess what? He, he's not going to get the children of his heart's desire. He's going to get a, a mazmer, <laughs> a mixed seed. Uh, the, the word, you know, when they used to call like, uh, like unclean, like, or, uh, the, the half breeds, they were like, oh. yeah, they were like not whole. You would get, but spiritually they would be mixed and you would get a mixed seed. Um, so, um, <laughs> no minimal. <laughs> I just wanted to say hi. Okay, so same thing. So she is that mediator. Mm-hmm. And so I, I keep using this word mediator because we're, we're going somewhere with this. Um, she's listening also. So she's also listening for when the man is not listening. Because once you give me what you you know, men forget. Right? Men forget. They do. Like, um, all the time. <laughs> so they can tell you that they wanted something and then be like, Forgot I even asked for that. You know what I mean? Like, my husband's good at it. I don't know if he does this on purpose or an accident. <laughs> He'll be like, I'll be, I'll be like, I'm hungry. And I'll go and cook. And not say much about it after that. I bring food. Wow. Thanks. Like, genuinely surprised, though. Like, but you said you wanted Like, I got you. Like, it, it happened. I brought it. So, same thing with spiritual things. Men would ask Yah for something. And then sometimes forget. And then y'all be like, oh, there it is. Because Abraham, he didn't, and not forget in the, because forget is abstract in English, but it's not in Hebrew. Because you don't forget things, really. It kind of just like, you didn't keep it on your mind. But it's still there because when it happens, you're like, oh, ah, I was supposed to do that. It didn't leave. You just didn't meditate on it. Right? So the same thing. Abraham and Sarah knew that they were going to have a baby. But guess what? He was like, I knew it was going to happen, but I kind of just stopped trying a little bit. Because really what they should have done, honestly, was just like, okay, we old, but we just going to go at it until we get a baby. 
But they were like, well, we tried a few times and <laughs> they were, <laughs> and we all tired anyways. <laughs> so I'm going to put that on the back burner. We're going to try it a different way. But she didn't forget. Guess what she did? She was like, I ain't forgot. So, uh, Hagar, you know what you got to do. You, Abraham, you know, she didn't forget. She remembered. And she, and then they had a child, but that wasn't the way it was supposed to happen. But she did not forget. She was going to make it happen come hell or high water. She was like, even if I'm going to have her have a baby so I can raise this baby. But she was going to raise the baby. What happened with that child and while it turned out to be a divided seed is because Hagar wanted to raise her own baby. And Sarah was like, you know what? You and your baby go. Because you don't want to do this the way it's supposed to happen. How it's supposed to happen is that's my baby. Right. So guess what? Send her. She got to go. She don't want to. And so that, but she didn't forget. She had to. That was how it was. She had to be the mediator. And if she couldn't mediate and give him the desire and the desired product, then Hagar and that child had to leave because you can't raise a diverse seed under one roof. You see how that worked? You can't. Right? Because he has to be ready to receive from the Father. And he won't. He won't be able to be presented back. He'll be split. Yep. He'll be divided between his mother and what she's taught him and what his father's going to He's going to have a, he's going to, when he grows up or when the child grows up, they'll go, well, my mom told me this and then you're saying this. And the natural inclination, like we talked about last week, she is a counselor. So he's always going to go, okay, daddy said this, but mama said this. Let me go ask mama. You know what I mean? So you have to be one. So that the child hears the same thing from mom and daddy. You're not, because the spirit is dual. We dealt the womb and the woman, she's dual. So if you split it, then you, you, get, you can get two different messages. Okay. Um, the woman is continually open to the seed of truth, life. Um, I, I'm reading off of my uh, Life and prosperity in order to give back and bless her family and those around her. She is continually giving. It is what only when... Huh? This is not mine. This is not yours. This is not mine. Um, it is only when... This, I'm just reading off of mine. Mine's a little bit different. It is only when the Aleph, the strong leader, the bet, house or womb, and the noon, seed, life, are all together that you actually experience the foundation of the family. Now... On your page, so this is where you're, you guys are. So if we re, if we reject any part of this that I just read you, the Aleph, the Bet, and the Noon, and I'm gonna tell you what those mean. Um, any part of this, the fam, uh, and make it any 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 part. If we make any part less important, then we ruin the foundation that Yah has created as a testimony to humanity. The foundation of Torah is built on the chief cornerstone. Okay, so it said the stone the builder rejected. And it's funny because I got this one from Mom Monet. How I even remember we were talking about that whole thing in Janelle and the whole chief cornerstone. And so this is how this even came into this whole thing. And so um, in Christianity and in religions that try to interpret scripture outside of the Hebraic understanding, you're going to get abstract things that always relate back to something pagan. That is just a reality. So the idea of the Trinity, right, is pagan, pagan. But the idea of threes and the principle of it is rooted in Torah. So the idea of three gods all operating distinctly but one 
is Christian and it doesn't actually work because in a family, if everybody operated distinctly, we wouldn't see that as a family. Like if we saw the daddy doing this and the mama doing this and the son doing this, but just because they're all, they're all the, in a, they're all in the, in, in like one group that makes them one that doesn't work in Hebrew. Uh, in Hebrew, the letter, the number one or the letter the, or in the, in the word Aleph, it can be one. Mm-hmm. 11 a thousand like it means 10 it, it, all ones are still one so the idea of um, oneness or if you say if you say three in Hebrew it's still just three ones so really three one plus one plus one in Hebrew would equal one because we and we do that in our in our English math. In our in our American math, one times one times one. You can if you can multiply it as many times as you want, but the product will always be one because one is one. Right. So that's how a family unit is supposed to look in essence. It should be if there are three, but they're in ehad or oneness. Then when you see one in Yeshua, when you see me, you see the Father. When people see you, they should see me, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're looking in the idea of, and I'm just going to explain it like this for, for sake of clarification. If you're looking at the Father, and you see the Father, you see the Son, right? And when you see the Son, I mean, and when you see the Bride, you should see the Son. And then you should you see the Son, you should see the Father. You see the Father, you see the Son. You see the Son, you see the Bride. You see the Bride. So you, you're going to always see, you're always going back to... Like Chris back to the one. <laughs> you're going back to the Aleph, the Father, right? You're going back to the one, the, the the true one. Okay. So right here, the stone of the builder rejected. That verse is found in Psalm one eighteen, twenty two. Okay. So we know from our um, Hebrew, when we do our alphabet. Aleph is. That's our leader source. Okay, so it also represents the father, Ab, right? Father, right? So you have um, strong leader, right? The ox is a strong leader. Okay, and so you have the bet. We just did that. So the bet is the womb, so she's the mother, right? The ruach, right? The spirit, the mediator, right? Okay, and the and then the last one is the noon. So it's the child, right? Mm-hmm. The seed and the continuance of life. So when you look in Egyptology, Christianity, you, you're going to see this because it's built into creation. You're going to see a father, a mother, and a child. So go ahead. Because I always, uh, always correlated this with that. And so this is the great mystery, and the two when they said the wedding two will become one flesh, or you have the mother, the father, and then they create this whole being, the child, right. who is a representation of their marriage, their love, their everything, the family, the continuance. So that's what I always seen it as, but now it just makes it make so much more sense. So you have back just right on that. So if you have the Aleph, which is Yah, his word is his ruach. His word is the breath that comes forth. Mm-hmm. You take the Aleph and the word and put it together. You get the physical manifestation, the seed or Yeshua. 
that that is the stone the builder rejected. You don't want the uh, you don't want the father. You don't want his words. So you're not gonna want the seed because the seed is only a product of the father and his word. Right. Wow. Okay. So that is the part of that Christianity you take and you try to make it three, but then you want to pick off a part. I don't want the father anymore. I like the ruach sometimes, but I just want the seed. But how can you have either one of those when you take out a part? So if you take out this, you just have the father. If you take off the Aleph, well, I should say it out loud because I'm on recording. If you take off the, the noon, it's just Av. So you just have the father. Right? If you take off um, the Aleph, you just have Ben. You just have the son. And it's not the stone. It's not the chief cornerstone anymore. You need the Aleph, the Bet, and the noon. If you take off the Bet, Ain, Ain actually means no, none <laughs> in Hebrew. Ain like it, like you say, Ain lo uh, ohel. There's no food here, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So like Ain is nothing. Ain. It ain't right. It ain't. <laughs> it just ain't right. <laughs> so you need all parts. The woman plays the intricate role of providing a place for life to come forth. Hence, Hasatan deceiving her, causing her to corrupt the seed, which we'll deal with next week. But just because she was deceived once doesn't mean that she has to continue the life of separation. I don't know why in American culture, if you do something once, that's just who you are. That's how you're labeled and that's just it. It doesn't work like that in Torah. Actually, Torah is so against that. When you do something and then you hear you've done something, that day, harden not your heart, turn from it, don't do it no more. That's how y'all works. I'm not, I'm not that anymore. Now I'm when he's in the newness of life. Because he says, when he, the woman, he was like, you got five men, one you ain't even yours. Mm-hmm. But he said, but guess what? You're clean. Go and sin no more. At that point, nothing before that mattered. So how Christianity wants it, you're not defined by your sin. You, and if, when you get defined by your sin, then you are in sin. When you let your sin define you and then you live according to how you have how your sin has defined you, now you're living in sin. Because right, you're gonna continually you can you you're telling your brain, I am this. You're gonna continue, continue to continue to do that thing. Whatever it is that you have now defined yourself as, you will continue in that. Right? And you need a you need to guard your mind. Because yes. the battle starts in your mind. It starts right there. And and the thing about it is, is that you need to put every thought under the floor. Under subjection. subjection. Yes. Of Yeshua. Yes, that's so true. So as a woman, then you have as the as a person, if you're the mediator, then Hasatan, right, is going to use you in your role as a mediator. He's like, okay, you should be listening to Yah, because then you can mediate for your family under the authority of Yah. But ooh, let me get you listening to me. And then you'll mediate to your family under my authority. You're going to do the job either way. You can't help it. It is your function. So let me just get the reins. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning. I just want the reins. As long as I can have the reins, guess what? You're going to do it anyway. So I just need to get in control. Okay, so Yah has created a method to unifying his image from Genesis 1.27 back to himself. But when the dual essence of male and female fail to be one, Ehad, the seed suffers. Mm-hmm. 
She runs righteous interference and is a physical picture of the Ruach, or the Holy Spirit, as we know it, or the Ruach HaKodesh. She is the joining wall and the safeguard for her family. She is not only the whole thing, but she's also this right here. So what happens if you, if you break this open? Then if a person gets in, now they can just go like straight in and kill everybody. Right, now this, at least this way they gotta go down, you can prep, get ready to fight, whatever. But if you break down this wall, then the, the whole tent's gonna fall. Because if you guys have seen a tent, this, this right here is actually holding the whole tent up. This pole is. So if you knock that down, the whole tent's gonna fall down. Right? Okay. So, um, in her role, she is understanding personified. She's supposed to be understanding. And I know we can be, I know I am, especially when I get like close to my cycle. I don't understand nothing, but why are you not feeding me? And why are these kids not somewhere being quiet? <laughs> but supposed to be understanding. You are supposed to be the person because you're, you're supposed to be spiritually connected to Yad immediate for the family. So the way you handle your family shows where you're getting your, where your source is coming from. If it's meekness and humility and understanding, then yes, Yah is radiating through you. But if it's harshness and irritation, and then, it's, then it's not. It's ego, and ego comes from the adversary. It's about me. Only time we get feel all those, those emotions of irritation is because like something's not happening for me. I, 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 me, 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 me. But what about everybody else? Right? Okay, so, in, um, and she's the strong water, right? She, the strong water in Hebrew, it, which means the glue that holds the family together. So she, this is crazy. So Aleph, Ab, father, is Aleph, Bet. So like you see on there, right? Mother in Hebrew is Im, or Im, right? So it's Aleph, Mem. See how even the mother and father, they're just slightly different, Right? Okay, and so literally, what you get when you get the mother, it's the, the Hebrew term is strong water, right? So you have the olive, strength, ox, right? And the mem, which is water or chaos, right? So it can be water or chaos, what a woman. And so what happened is they would take the hide from the bull and boil it in the water, and what rose to the top would be used as a binder, like glue or a binder. So they got the term for mother as the strong glue that came to the top, right? So she's supposed to hold it together and she houses everything. She binds it and she guards it, right? So seeing the importance of the roles, not based upon form, but their necessary function helps us identify who we are as women and our purpose for our homes. It is only in our proper function that we can resist Hasatan and join our husbands in building a righteous example of family for the kingdom. So Proverbs 14.1. So this is going to be the basis for everything that we do from this point forward. It says, every wise woman buildeth her house. You see the play on words? Because if she's a woman, she bana. She has been bana. So if you are a, she's been built. So what if you've been built? then you should build up another, right? But a foolish woman plucketh it down with her own hands. So if she's been torn down, what is she going to do? Tear it down. So, uh, and I, I, I'm, I guess I'm getting past this. Um, when somebody says something is true, it's just true. I don't care who says it. So Farrakhan makes a statement. He says, a nation 
is only as strong as its women. Mm-hmm. So we just uh, we just understood what strong mother means. We know what a woman is. So if the women are oppressed, Yay! right? Then what does that give? For for instance, if your immune system is suppressed, what happens? You get sick. It invites disease into your body. So, if the woman is sick or oppressed or suppressed in the family because of man-made rules, not Torah, because Torah brings life and liberty and every function. Everybody's happy in Torah. It's perfect. So, when people add man-made things that are not found are based upon Western interpretation most of the time, then what happens to the woman? She invites infection and disease and corruption into the home. Right, and then we say depression. And then what does she do? Then she brings it, she puts it on everybody else. Because if she's the mediator, she's a person that takes and gives. So if you notice, like, very few times when the kids get sick in the house, it's the mom gets sick in the house. But mama gets sick in the house, everybody gets sick in the house. Why? Because she has a hands-on job with everybody. Where the kids, you can put them in their room, like, uh, uh, stay in there. But you, you can't. You gotta cough all on the food because you gotta keep cooking. You gonna cough all on the baby because you gotta keep nursing. Your husband don't care, so you gonna cough all on him because he's still... <laughs> right? Right? Face to face. Right? It's just what happens. So Satan knows that. He's like, if I can get the man in his position to smash her position because you're never going to feel um, uh, what's the word fulfilled if you're not operating within your position mm-hmm. so you can be in Torah yet unfulfilled because you're not being allowed to be who you're supposed to be because and we'll deal with this when we get to the fall because just because there is a fall doesn't mean you operate in a fallen state. That's not, that's why we have redemption. That's why we have restoration because you have to come out of the fallen state because this is still the stone. It does not change. That Aleph Bet Nun or the Aban is still the stone. It doesn't change. Fallen or not, it's and it's the stone of the object is way in stone. So it ain't changed from Genesis or Bear Sheep all the way to Tehillim or the Psalms, it doesn't change. So then he means that you're still supposed to be functioning and operating like this. What has happened is it became harder. But it did not. He said it would be harder. Exactly. But it didn't change the fact you still had to do it. That's like if he said, you know, it's, you're going to have to work really hard to till the ground. Guess we're just not going to eat then. If I got to work harder to get food out the ground, that's not what Adam's attitude was. He was like, all right, so I have to sweat on my brow. I have to feed my family. Same thing with the woman. Okay, yes, fallen state. But I still have to be a mediator for my family. I still have to fight to hear Yah's voice over Hasatan's voice. I'm always going to now have the struggle. But I don't just stop. Well, I'm falling now. I'm just going to always listen to the devil. Mm-hmm. That you, makes you no sense. That all the time, like in, um, in, a, in any instance, like... Uh, Whenever there's a sin that you're overcome by, there's that's why Yah says, "Don't do this," because you always have to fight the urge. To yes, not it's been that. introduced. If I have that sin of anger and I get angry and I might, I like to say things to, I like to say things, like <laughs> do things to people when I get mad, say it too. But and then I have to fight that urge when I'm provoked or when I'm allowed myself to engage, like mm-hmm. my, I'm right here and say, 
Don't go, don't step into the arena. Don't even step into that arena because when you get in that arena, the natural part of you wants to do these things. Right. When people are in AA, they go, my name is Sorgo and I'm an addict. You're going to always be that person because there's always going to be that trigger. Satan's going to always use that that Satan thing. is always the great reminder right. of he, failure. He That's all he does. He always wants to remind you of your failure. Why? Because it keeps you listening to him. And if he can keep reminding you, keep so the same thing. Lots, the way we, as, as mediators, women, we don't give the trash that Satan tells us to our husbands. We don't keep reminding them of their shortcomings. Same way that the man is not supposed to remind the woman of her fallen state. We know it exists. Duh. I struggle with it every day. You don't have to remind me of how I, that's, but we have to fix it. So should you be praying for me? Should we be working? But should you be reminding me every day? That's why I'm listening to women. Because women, they listen to the devil. Uh, yeah. And now you are too, because you're playing his role. You're reminding him to remind me, <laughs> to remind me to listen to him. Your, the brain doesn't take negative commands. If you tell me I'm listening to the devil, guess what I'm going to do? I'm gonna get pissed off and guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna listen to the devil because as I'm pissed off, he gonna show up and be like, see, that's why he ain't shit. And I'll remind him about when he ain't such, 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 such. And then there you go. And he's like, ah, my job's done. All I do is plant the seed. Y'all gonna carry it out. Y'all gonna destroy each other anyways. So we can't do that. You can't, make, you can't put her in her fallen state and then try to operate in your elevated state. And you can't put him in his fallen state and then try to operate in your elevated state. You have to both be operating under the Ruach so that you can operate at this state. Per, not, perfection is not without sin. Perfection is doing the best as you can, functioning in your proper role. And when you're not checking it before it festers and manifests and then brings sickness into the home. Okay? So, um, Tor is the guide for the foundation of the home. When a woman deviates from the word of truth, and entertains the word of the adversary, the foundation of the home and its function is destroyed and leads to the destruction of the family. So every woman, even if she has been unrighteous, when she's in Torah, she's right. When she's out of Torah, she's wrong. But you have to give her credit for when she's in Torah and doing it right. And then you correct in love as a husband, just like as... Watch how Yah does us. That's how his role is. You, you redeem her. And you don't listen to her, but you go to the father and say, okay, father, Yah, what my wife did, that was, that was foul. <laughs> is that a line? But how do we fix that? We, did, we dealt with that when we went over the, the vow. Okay, she said some things that he's, she didn't mean. He's supposed to wash her in the right. word. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And she did some things. She, so I need to bring the word as the correction. I'm not the correction because she can always come back at you and say, well, you did such and such or when you did such and such. No, but if you take the word and a righteous woman, when you take her the word, yeah, I might be like, hmm. But, <laughs> give it, give it. Yeah. But what's going to happen is it's going to draw me to repentance. It's not to you that I'm repenting to. It's to y'all because the only person I offended was him. We already offended each other. We already probably don't even like each other. But when you bring the word, into it, then it mends it because now it's not you're right, I'm right, he's right, right. and like he's always right. Last week, like you watch a child when it when it's something that is far beyond their control, like okay, in the room they hitting and pinching each other, and <laughs> but when it was something that he just really didn't know how, then who would he come to? He went to the mother or the father. Like mm-hmm. that's how we're supposed to do with yeah with our spouses. Like okay, 
This is way beyond me. So guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna tell your daddy on you. I'm yep. Gonna I'm gonna go get on my knees and I'm pray about this. And y'all says he's our friend. And there have been times where I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna kill him. I hate him. <laughs> Please, just yeah, seriously, mm -hmm. like I'm restraining myself. Like, okay, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> Can you please tell me? Do something, and it didn't happen immediately, but you just kind of see the calm down because then y'all yeah, would always tell me, then you then you be right. Let me deal with them. Right, and so you have to. And sometimes you have to. You that one and the, but definitely when you guys, especially when you're both on the same page, you bring them the word. I mean, we that is the I swear. Sometimes we'd be like, we about to kill each other, and then sometimes I'll be like, okay, I can't talk to you, but you're all if you're if you're righteous, you're always gonna listen to y'all. And likewise with me, sometimes he can't talk to me. It's just like, you know what? I'll kill her. Yeah, because she just, her mouth, her mouth, the things that come out of her mouth. Yah speaks to their hearts. Because a, per, a man is going to love and respect a woman who will dig. Because I love you if I'm going to dig and study and pray about it. And then I'm gonna, I have to take me out of it. I cannot present Yah's word to you with any of me in it. That's leaven. That's pride. So I have to take all of me and how I fill out and have to give it to you and trust that the Ruach is going to give this. If I might only be able to put the Bible verse because if I write anything else, yeah, I might put me in it. But I might just be like, look, this is, this is what I have. And literally, there have been times where it just took that. It was like, wow, that was it? Because y'all's like, my word is sufficient. You got too many words. Man. You yeah, too you think about <laughs> he was not he, uh, the the king mm -hmm. of Abimelech. Was the king of uh, my father, the king, is what his name was. He was, mm -hmm. he was uh, what was they? What were they in Egypt? Or Egypt. Egypt. Mm -hmm. So of course he's a pagan, but it said Yah spoke to his heart at night. He spoke to him mm -hmm. because he can. He can even speak to an unbelievers' heart. It's yeah. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. You can because we still all have. You have order. There's order built in so, to hu humans. Mm -hmm. And so he can speak. And especially when it comes to protecting. Because if he's the father of, now you're talking about a bigger scale, then he has to protect the seed. He's talking about a whole nation of people. Um, okay, so we are built to guard, protect, give life, and then place that life back into the hands of the father. Mm -hmm. Mamas, we got to know when to let go. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's hard too, because... Oh, and I'll be at work, I'll be like, go kill my kids, they're not gonna, like, you do, but it, he has to play his part, too, <laughs> he has to play his part, too, I'm like, all they gonna do is play all day, they ain't gonna learn nothing, my kids ain't gonna be able to learn how to read, they're not gonna, they gonna, yes, I said, what if they have today, pancake, where's the protein, like, but you have to be able to put them back in the father's hands, and so, it, if you do it in the physical, you can do it in the spiritual, what happens in the physical manifests in the spiritual and vice versa. So when you, it, there comes a time and it's never, there's never a right time and they're always yours, but there's never a right time to just give them over. Like, okay, they're yours. You can have them. You, okay. When your daddy say climb up on a roof and uh, I don't want my 10 year old on a roof because I know he clumsy and he, but how he ever, how is he not going to be clumsy if you don't ever get up there? And don't ever feel it feels like to have to stay balanced and not fall to the ground. And as a good father, if he falls, believe me, a good father's gonna be there to catch him. Or he ain't gonna put him too high to where he knows he's gonna die. He might break mm -hmm. something, but people break stuff, you know? Same thing with your girls. Like sometimes I'm like, ah. Oh. Like when they were, especially when they were smaller, I was like, I don't want them to get a whooping. Mm -hmm. You know, like, but then you have to trust. 
is he gonna I know I'm not gonna hurt them I'm their mom but then when a dad is like but you it's like there's still like an outside person like your father like you're at the front of the door I'm in the house you know but no they're his if he died I mean a good father I'm not about, but if he died for him then he's not gonna kill him you know what I mean like and then like if there's anything that is excessive then we go to the word how do we discipline them? these are things that we discuss and these are things so you have to trust you have to give them to the father they go back to him you wean them and then you have to trust what you put in them because is a kid is a boy gonna get slapped or punched or beat up or by his dad for talking smart if you didn't if you raise him to when you go around your daddy he don't do all that back talking and smacking and so then don't let him do it with you yeah right if when you go with your daddy to work and he asks you to do something he's not gonna ask you one two three four five times so guess what don't let him do it with you because whatever they learn and practice, they're going. It's going to be permanent, and so it's the same thing. Same thing with the word. What we teach our children and how we execute our love and our patience is how they view Yah. So if I want to give my child back to Yah, but I'm harsh and I'm not patient, then the only representation of how they view Yah or the Spirit or the Ruach, if you're talking about mother and father, is how they have you. And so if you handle them harshly, they're going to be afraid to go to Yah. They're going to hide things from Yah. They're going to hide and they're not going to be repentant and they're going to suppress and they're going to, instead of giving it to them and letting it go, because sometimes as parents, you know, kids do stuff and you're like, oh, that really breaks my heart. But is Yah going to, how would Yah act? Like Marvin has a story and it's, I mean, it's happened to all of us, but his is very interesting. He said, sometimes we would get the heck beat out of us. Like, we did stuff. He said, but sometimes it would be like worse than anything we've ever done. And my dad would well, get in the car and we'd go have ice cream. And he was like, and the whole time I'd be thinking like, he's going to kill me. Like, he's not taking me for ice cream. He's going to murder me. But the anticipation and the knowing I deserve the punishment but not getting it and knowing he was disappointed and then him like still being a good father, like, was worse then him just like because if you just whoop me i'm like okay i got my whooping and now i feel like i'm like okay i deserve that but when i don't get what i deserve we don't know how to handle it and when you only execute judgment on your children in how they deserve it then they don't know how to receive when yah says your pardon don't don't do it no more it's like wait but you're supposed to stone me where's the stoning at you almost want to be stoned and he's like nope don't do it again and then in the back of your mind you're like okay and it's almost like but he's like no now go live righteously and that stays with you when a right just like when Yeshua dies when a person really understands that and when you really really do because it takes time it take and it it grows and it manifests when you really understand it's like wow I should be dead why didn't y'all just kill me you know what I mean like you just you almost wish to be had because now I'm a slave to you mm-hmm. and if I you um, you can't unhear it and you can't like I wish you would have just killed me because now I am, I can't not live for you. And so anything less than what I know you deserve just drives me crazy. And so I'm always constantly like on myself and I can't shake it out of my brain. And when I do stuff and I'm like, like, it's just like, it's like, but what that does is it compels you. It shouldn't depress you. It should compel you to do more and to strive harder and to work harder and to manifest those things. So the way that we handle our children, we give them back to the father is now he's dealing with broken children. He's like, dang, you were supposed to be raised to endure, yes, fear, but also with love and understanding. So if you only have fear and no love and understanding, you're only going to fear God. He's only like mean God. But if you have a father, then you understand what it's like when 
your daughter gets her heart broken and you told her not to date that guy and you just hold her and she cries. And it's like, oh, okay, so Yah's just not going to punish me because he told me not to do something I did anyways. It's like, no. Because now it's done and now I have to fix you and now, yes, it hurts and all these things, but I'm still Abba. That didn't change, right? I'm, yeah, I, yes, I'm father, but I'm, you're actually mine. And so when you have the broken cornerstone, then those things don't function properly. And so you don't, you have women who, like, for me, it was like, okay, yeah, God's a man. How does that work? Like, <laughs> right, like. You see, and then it's like, you're deaf. And that's how a lot of people, even our men, reject. Or we do, we, well, I'm, God's your father. So and so like this. He's a mother to So he's an absent father because I can't see him. I'm here and I don't have anybody I can talk to, so I cannot relate to this. Or the same thing with as a mother. If you have a mother who gets mad at a kid and holds grudges because kids say, I hate you, why do you? Right. And then you're mad at the kid for a month and don't talk to him. Okay, so why do I talk So then, yeah, if I tell yeah, I hate him, then I expect him to be mad at me and not talk to him. So you reject yourself, you don't apologize, you don't repent, you don't... Right, so it's not... We are children to yeah. We don't grow... You don't grow up in your parents' eyes. When they look at you from this to... you still look And that's how yeah views us. So he's like, like mommy's tell me, you a kid, you can't do nothing to surprise me. You can't, you, and you really can't do much to hurt my feelings because I'm gonna love you regardless. Yeah, you can disappoint me, but it only really makes me love you harder because now I have to fix whatever you did to disappoint me. It's the same thing with y'all. You ain't surprised me none. You like, oh, I don't wanna talk to y'all because he's like, I was there, first of all. Like, <laughs> right. You probably call yourself pregnant. Everybody in the car was. <laughs> we was like, like everybody like I was like it was something odd. I'm like, you mind? I know you. Right? <laughs> back of my hand, but I would always say that's it. Yah is showing me myself. I said I have to be patient with my kids because this is this is me with him. He gives in every age and every stage and in each child's personality. He's like, I'm showing you how much I love you because. I got one I want to kill in her adolescence. If I could have ran her over and then put her back together again or something, or put her on pause, I would have. It's just, it is. And then you got one that's like easy and you just, I want to hug and cuddle and he don't want to be hugged or cuddled. Then I got one that don't know no boundaries. Like she said, a kid on the roof. He was bagging the car off the driveway at three, on the roof at three and four, just not, not afraid of anything, no boundaries. And then she, she plays safe until she eke out on you. Be like, oh, oh okay. And then back to normal now. <laughs> the real kind of crazy. No? <laughs> right. And so, yeah, like, you know each one of your children's personalities and you handle them according to their personality and what's in them. Yeah, it's the same. We're so busy comparing ourselves. And that you can't do that in family. You can't compare yourself to other people in the family. And then Yah does show us our, our, our relationship with him through our relationship, especially in marriage. How are we with Yah? And it might not be at this time. They might show you. Like, look, I was patient with you. You know, I was the other day. Jade, she's learned how to read. And she's doing a really good job. And when we first started, I was frustrated. Because I was like, I know, right? I was telling her still about this. Because I'd be like, she'd be like, we'd go cat. And we'd go put words together. Cat, bat, bat. Get to the reading part. She'd be like, a man running. I'm like, that's not even, that's not even there. You, you don't even know that many words. All you know is cat and bat. It has to be one of those. And I'm like frustrated. And at the same time, I'm trying to learn Hebrew. Right? And so <laughs> I was going through like my Hebrew lesson. And, and it like tells you, okay, now they say it in Hebrew and you have to translate it. 
And I said a word, and it wasn't the word, and y'all was like, oh, so you didn't heard that like four times already. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed at myself, and I was like, and I've been so much more patient since. But we see our relationship with y'all reflected in how we treat our spouses, how they treat us, mm-hmm. and how we treat our children, and how they treat us. And how we are, how they mirror us, and how we see a reflection of us in them. And we see glimpses, you see them walking, you just smile. You're like, oh, that's resin. Or they do something. It's the same thing with them. It's the same thing with you Sometimes we do something that goes, hmm, okay. And then you invest and you nurture that. Mm-hmm. So it's the same way. It's the same way as mothers and as mediators. And then um, if we are not building, we are destroying. That then verse just says it, Proverbs 14, 1. If you're not building your house, then you are destroying it because it's a constant process. If everybody else has to be in their role, if the children have to respect and honor, and mothers and, and husbands and wives have to submit themselves one to another, and you have all the, it has to stay in a constant function. What happens in most relationships, especially in, in, Western, in the Western world, is that we get on autopilot. And on autopilot, you can run straight into a brick wall. Mm-hmm. You just can. And, or you can just fly around and you can think everything's okay. But your hands off the wheel. Yep. And you say, oh, just let it go. And then wake up one day and you're like, we don't know each other. How do we get it? And how, right. And so it's a constant, you constantly, it's a hands-on job. Nothing in Hebrew is abstract. I love you. And show me. You know what I mean? A child, happy Mother's Day. That means I honor you. No, you didn't. Not all year long, you didn't, because you didn't, you didn't, you didn't exemplify to the world anything I put in you. You didn't rise up and cause me blessed by your. I mean, call me blessed by your actions. Nothing. Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. I honor my father. Really, your father asked you to take out the trash like three days ago, and you just literally played video games on Andy. Nothing. You know what I mean? Like, you, you. It has to be a constant thing. It's work, but it's good work. Because what it's doing is showing the world what a family is supposed to look like. And especially at this time where families are broken and the world has no idea of what family looks like. We're at an opportunity now with Torah to rebuild. That was one of the, the word, one of the definitions of Banah on uh, the other page where it gave us like all the, um, how many times it was used. Rebuild is also a word. So if I can tear it down, guess what else I, I, what I can do? You can rebuild I can build 